is Michael J. Fox. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation's work and how you can help speed a cure at michaeljfox.org. Navigating Parkinson's disease can be challenging, but we're here to help. Welcome to the Michael J. Fox Foundation podcast. Tune in as we discuss what you should know today about Parkinson's research, living well with the disease, and the Foundation's mission to speed a cure. Free resources like this podcast are always available at michaeljfox.org. Hi, welcome to the Michael J. Fox Foundation Parkinson's Podcast. I'm Larry Gifford, a proud member of the Michael J. Fox Foundation's Patient Council, the host of another podcast that I invite you to listen to called When Life Gives You Parkinson's, and I'm the president and co-founder of PD Avengers. Be sure to check out the PD Avengers Takeover episodes of the Michael J. Fox Foundation Parkinson's Pod from the fall of 2021. Today, we're going to talk about how you can help find a new biomarker for Parkinson's. A biomarker is an objective test or measurement of a disease. For example, cholesterol is an example of a biomarker for heart disease. We'll tell you why enrolling in research soon after diagnosis can be very impactful. We'll talk about the study from the Michael J. Fox Foundation, the Parkinson's Progression Markers Initiative, also called PPMI, and it's particularly looking for recently diagnosed people who have not yet started their medication. Hear from one participant who was diagnosed in 2019 and joined the study soon after. And we do invite you to go online and rate and review our podcast. It really helps to raise the profile of the Michael J. Fox Foundation Parkinson's podcast. And it builds awareness of Parkinson's disease in general. So if you could just go on there and just say, yeah, it's a five-star show, and uh, we uh, thumbs up, I love the show, it taught me a lot of information, whatever you want to say about it. Uh, but it does make a difference, and we do appreciate your support. And if I could just ask you, I, I, I know that it's, it's not always uh, convenient or, or, or it's not always easy to work into a conversation, but, you know, we do trade recommendations for movies and for TV shows. And, and I would just say, if you're talking about podcasts, go ahead and recommend this podcast, even if they don't have Parkinson's. It's something they're going to learn all about, and it's something you're going to have to deal with at some point with somebody in their life. So uh, thank you. Uh, and now on with the show. <laughs> Let me introduce our panelists. Phil Longi was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2019 and is a participant in the PPMI and Lana Shaheen is a doctor. She's an assistant professor of neurology at the University of Pittsburgh and the chair of the PPMI Recruitment and Retention Working Group. Welcome to you both. Thanks, Larry. Thank you, Larry. Now, we all know that research is important. We, we hear it all the time. It's super important. Uh, one group, though, that may have a hard time recruiting are those newly diagnosed people with Parkinson's who, who haven't started taking Parkinson's medications and how valuable they are in that, in that early state of Parkinson's. Lana, why is it important to enroll this group into studies? Well, Larry, as you were saying, we need a biomarker. We need a way to accurately diagnose people with Parkinson's disease as early as possible and a way to measure their disease, where it's at, and how it's going to change over time. And while every person with Parkinson's can help the effort to identify biomarkers, people who were just diagnosed are of particular interest because 
the medications that are used to treat symptoms of Parkinson's, for example, levodopa and related medications, they can be very effective and in turn can affect some of the measures of Parkinson's. And so someone who was just diagnosed first, they're of, of great interest because they are early in their disease course, so they can help us develop biomarkers to accurately diagnose the disease. And second, their um, presentation of their symptoms and signs has not yet been modified by uh, medications. Well, what's interesting is some people are diagnosed by taking levodopa to see if it's effective for them. So that even limits the pool more. Yes, that's right. So a response to levodopa, also called Cinemet, is help confirm the diagnosis, at least in some people. Well, me, uh, that's how they found out I had Parkinson's. <laughs> so, so I look at this and I go, oh, I wanted to help out this, this cause, and <laughs> now I can't. Well, not that way. I mean, there's other ways for sure. Uh, what are some of the potential promising biomarkers that have already emerged from research? Yeah, so the exciting thing about biomarkers is that there are so many different potential sources for them. You know, we hope that we'll find biomarkers in the blood. So, you know, we, we'd love to have a blood test for Parkinson's, uh, but there are other um, parts of the body that are closer to the brain and what's going on in the brain, like the cerebrospinal fluid or spinal fluid. Um, the, there may even be biomarkers for Parkinson's in the skin. Um, so there's a very broad range of, of areas, not to mention some um, apps or digital motor measures that can measure the motor symptoms of Parkinson's and the motor signs in, in an objective way using um, technology. One of the most promising biomarkers right now relates to the protein alpha-synuclein. So abnormal forms of the protein alpha-synuclein deposit in the brain and body of people with Parkinson's. And, and uh, we found very accurate ways to measure alpha-synuclein now in multiple areas of the body. And I, I think that's a very promising um, biomarker that's being uh, tested in PPMI. Phil, let's talk about you and how, how were you diagnosed? Interestingly enough, uh, I had been going, I've been very fortunate that I have some very good doctors that take care of me. And uh, I was, had some symptoms that we did not know at the, that I was not aware at the time actually were early precursor to Parkinson's, such as loss of smell, frozen shoulder, et cetera. And fortunately, my doctor did not ignore some of these elements and, and got me moved in the right direction and eventually ended up with a neurologist who also a very bright young man who looked at me and said, I'm gonna ch check you out for Parkinson's and it and ended up, we did a DAT scan and the dopamine depleted in my brain uh, pretty much confirmed the uh, diagnosis. So we saw that. But when was that? That was in 2019, uh, September of 2019. And then shortly after is when I learned about the PPMI study and felt very strongly that I would love to play a role in fighting this disease and helping to identify how cool would it be if I was part of that group that came up with, with some element that would help diagnose or help treat or whatever for that matter. And what was very interesting, what Lana was just talking about, I recently had a, a session with, uh, where I go up for the work that I'm doing with them. And, and what was terrific is as they were doing the various tests, they were explaining to me about how this potentially could contain information it would help to identify the biomarker, such as when we were doing the uh, lumbar tests, and as they were going into my spine, they were explaining as they were going through the skin how perhaps this could play a role and other layers. So it was it was it was great 
to be able to hear some of these details, because at least I, I had a better understanding of what everyone was trying to do and what they were trying to accomplish and the role that I could play. So with, with the PPMI, how long have you been in the program now? I started in the middle of pandemic uh, two years ago almost now and had my initial set session of where they were establishing all the benchmarks and we were doing all the various tests and et cetera. So uh, recently I, I was up there for my, it's pretty much I go up twice a year and uh, we spent a good quality day doing various tests, be it cognitive tests, be it blood work, uh, skin biopsies, all of these things that I never would think would play a role in the research. And, and, but, but obviously people a lot smarter than me know what to, where to look. And that, that's where we have to be grateful to people like Lana and company. Yeah, PPMI is the Parkinson's Progression Markers Initiative. It was launched in 2010. So it's just over 10 years old. Uh, and it's designed to help us better understand Parkinson's and advance new treatments. And here, I'd like to bring in Michael J. Fox, who was on the, uh, the interview by USA Today recently. If we can find a cohort of uh, people, a huge cohort, 100,000, they have five or six of those, four or five of those, 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 those uh, indicators, get them all together and then start to knock off, eliminate the, the known factors. And hopefully the idea is that by the end, you boil down to, to a marker, to a, to a thing that you can identify. One thing you can look at and say, that person has Parkinson's. Now that may be my case, that might've been when I was 15 and not 29. And by the time I was 29, it would be, I'd have prophylactically treated it and, 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 and I never get any symptoms, never get any progression. Michael talked about how you know, it's possible if we can find a biomarker, he may have been diagnosed at 15 instead of 29. So Lynn, I'd like to know from your perspective, how has PPMI advanced our understanding of Parkinson's disease and how close are we to that, to that elusive biomarker? I think PPMI has really contributed to the field of Parkinson's disease in, in many ways. It started, as you mentioned, in 2010, and at the time enrolled about 420 people with newly diagnosed Parkinson's and about 200 people without Parkinson's or controls. Over the decade, uh, PPMI then recruited individuals who were at risk for Parkinson's, whether due to um, certain sleep disorders, one called REM sleep behavior disorder, or as Phil mentioned, people who had a loss of sense of smell or uh, carried genetic traits that predispose them to Parkinson's disease. And over in these people now, some participants have been in the study for you know almost 10 years. One of the first studies on this large scale to collect so much data on so many people. And one aspect of PPMI, which has been invaluable, it's not particularly glamorous, but it, it, it's just like the, one of the most important factors in biomarker development is the standard way in which so many specimens were collected and are now stored in a biorepository um, and can be requested by researchers. And when you get that specimen, you know that it's you know, that if we find a, a biomarker in it, we know it's a real signal and, and isn't just something that's showing up because of the time of day the specimen was collected or the temperature it was stored at. So the standardization of specimen um, collection is really, in my view, one of the most important ways that PPMI has contributed to the field because there are now data on thousands of participants collected for over up to 10 years and specimens on these same people that are available for the research community. And some examples of what's come out of PPMI is um, this understanding of how the dopamine transporter imaging or this uh, uh, DAT scan, um, how that tells us about the disease and helps us understand 
among people who are at risk of Parkinson's, who is particularly at risk. And those data have now been used to inform the design of two clinical trials that were testing agents to uh, slow down the progression of Parkinson's. So it's translated from research findings into clinical trial design. And it's really getting us toward that goal of finding treatments to slow down the progression. And you know, ultimately the goal is to, to cure Parkinson's. So when you're, when you're at this research design phase, if everything goes great, how far away are we from actually going to the pharmacy and getting that, uh, <laughs> that, that treatment? So, you know, the drug development is a, unfortunately a very slow process. And from the time the idea comes forth to the time it's on market, it can be even a decade, even though there, you know, what PPMI has done, though, is actually expedited that process. And so it's allowing clinical trials to be done much more quickly and efficiently because the data that PPMI provides allows you to select the right people and to know how many people to recruit and to make estimates that are critical in the early phases of a clinical trial. Yeah, and, and, and you're right. I just want to reiterate, I mean, this is, a, this is an amazing study. I mean, uh, it's following people with and without Parkinson's over a, a long period of time to learn how the disease starts and changes over time. And that's the information and, and the insights are going to come from that collection of data over time for these same people uh, and the tools that can help better diagnose and treat and, and even prevent the brain disease. So uh, this is just a truly remarkable study. And now it's expanding. This is this is the uh, next iteration of PPMI. Study has added on online platform to gather data from more than 100,000 people. And it is following uh, volunteers at more sites in more countries. Um, you know, so what, what, what do we expect by growing this so exponentially? As you and Phil mentioned, the PPMI started in 2010, but is now having this expansion phase. So new participants are being recruited and there are different components of involvement or different levels of involvement. So the most, um, I, I would say, intensive extent of involvement is in the clinic where you, as Phil is doing, come in for a visit and you're, you see the research team in person and many different specimens and assessments are collected. Um, in addition to people with Parkinson's, now we're recruiting people who are considered uh, growing the the group of people who are considered at risk for Parkinson's. You know, our, our ultimate goal is to cure Parkinson's, but the dream is to prevent Parkinson's even before it happens. And so we are really starting to focus on people who are at risk for it. However, there are other key areas um, that the first phase of PPMI was not able to address. And a very big one relates to how Parkinson's affects all people. And with the PPMI online component, we'll be able to uh, reach people who may not be able to come into the clinic. And we're going to have more diversity in our research cohort and really be able to understand Parkinson's across the country, across the world, across uh, people of, um, at various disease stages and uh, different experiences. And we're talking about a lot of data here. So I just, I just want to note, uh, the PPMI study has put multiple measures in place to safeguard the information that anybody would contribute. All identifiable information, including your name and contact information, is kept in a secure database. Uh, the scientific data you contribute to PPMI is aggregated, meaning it's compiled with data from other participants. It's de-identified, which means your name and identifying information are removed. 
and shared with qualified researchers for use in studies in advanced understanding of Parkinson's disease. The scientists who want to study your data must apply to PPMI for access and sign a form that says they will protect your data privacy. Your information will not be sold and will never be shared outside the research community, and PPMI takes every measure to protect your privacy. Still, as with all online activity, it is important for participants to know that it is never possibly uh, possible to fully guarantee against breaches in security. Phil, how, what would you say to someone who's maybe on the fence of joining the PPMI? I would say to them, what do you have to lose? I mean, how cool would it be for you to be able to say you're doing what you are and you're contributing to the cause and the fight versus sitting on the sidelines? And, and what, what I would say to them as well is for the greater good, it, it's definitely worth the effort that's put in there because certainly uh, there are people that are very dedicated. And when I do go up for the study, I, I, I meet some of the most competent people, but also most, some of the most caring people. And I know that really means a lot to them what I'm contributing to this and they treat me with great respect but I also know that they're, the end game is really what, what they're really focused on. And, and none of them will rest until they do indeed come up with, with a resolution to this issue. So when you were diagnosed, how much did you know about Parkinson's? Not much at all. Obviously, uh, knowing Michael J. Fox's story uh, was something that I, I was aware of, especially the fact that he had an early diagnosis. But I've learned so much more about Parkinson's since I've gotten involved. Uh, and and what, I, what, I, what is amazing about it is the fact that the research that's going on and how initially they were going in one direction, but everybody was able to admit we need to regroup and figure this out and let, let's start over. Uh, so when, when Debbie Brooks had called me and, and told me about PPMI and said, Phil, we're about to expand this and if you're interested, let us know. Uh, I, I thought the commitment from the Michael J. Fox Foundation was, was amazing. And the fact that so much money has been given to this issue already, and, and the fact that they do make it available, as you've already pointed out, to researchers around the world, since this is a global issue, uh, it, it, it's, it's awesome. And what I've learned about the disease and working with, with the various medical folks that I do have from a personal level, as well as some physical therapists, et cetera, uh, you don't take these things lying down. And there are a lot of options out there. And I'm not about to let this thing get the better of me. So how important has gaining that knowledge about Parkinson's been for you uh, through this process? It's very important because I don't sit here and feel sorry for myself. Uh, it, it, I don't feel that this was something that was done to me. Uh, it's something that just happened. And, and I'm not about to uh, take it without a challenge. And, and there, in addition to the research study that's being done, to identify the biomarker, there are a lot of, there's, I recently looked up about various other studies that are on the way. There are 252 that I saw in just the list that I found just scoping around. The best thing you can do is be informed so that this way you can be reactive to this as well. Lana, we, are, we already talked about how we're looking for newly diagnosed who aren't on uh, dopamine replacement, but who else are you looking for? Who else qualifies to participate in this study? There are three main groups uh, who qualify. The, and um, the criteria for the in-person and the online are a little bit different. But in general, PPMI is recruiting three groups. People with Parkinson's disease who are newly diagnosed, as you mentioned, or 
people with Parkinson's disease who have a genetic trait associated with Parkinson's. So some people may know these as LARC2 and GBA. Um, we're also recruiting healthy control, what we call controls. These are people, um, you know, in their different age groups, but ideally in their 60s, men and women who we can compare the Parkinson's group to who are generally healthy. The third group are, pe are people who are at risk for Parkinson's, and they may be defined, their risk may be defined by a genetic trait, a family history, um, certain features, whether loss of sense of smell or REM sleep behavior disorder that we know in a subset of people is associated with increased risk of Parkinson's. Those are the th three main groups. In the PPMI online study, there are broader criteria. And the way I would say it is if you want to contribute to Parkinson's research, sign up for PPMI online, you will be eligible. That's great, that's great. And so <laughs> this is unbelievable, but PPMI data is downloaded by researchers on average 2,200 times per day. That is amazing. Just think of the, of the impact we're having uh, on the scientific community as we try to really understand this disease. It's, it's really remarkable. Phil, uh, I, oh, I, I, I thank you for doing what you're doing. Um, it's, uh, I, I appreciate it. And on behalf of the Parkinson's community, uh, we, 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 we need people like you who are willing to step up and say, listen, this, we, this can't go on. It's, it's time to, to make a difference. And so uh, thanks for raising your hand and stepping forward and, and doing what you're doing because um, not everybody is willing to, to go there. And so, um, or already or, or when you were. And so uh, I think it's a perfect fit. Well, that's kind of you to say that, but I don't consider myself to be any different than anyone else. And I think every one of us can play a role in this. I recently actually had to go to a an orthopedist for something and I was and he was very interested to hear about the uh, PPMI study and he's actually asked me to forward him information about how he can share that with patients because oftentimes people are coming to him and he would love to have this tool so I think that's where all of us can do uh, as much as we can in terms of spreading the word uh, because there are there are people out there that I'm certain would be uh, welcome they would welcome being part of this uh, study so thank you for what you said Larry. Now, a little peek behind the curtain. How often are you meeting with uh, the, the research team? And, and, and like from the time you said, yeah, I'm interested to the time you had your first, like what, what's the process? How did you get into the study? Process was uh, when I raised my hand and all, then they contacted me and we had an initial phone conversation to see if I was uh, the right candidate for it. Uh, and then even though it was at the start of the pandemic, my wife and I felt comfortable enough going up there and that the clinic was going to protect us from uh, what we, we were all concerned about, of course, with the COVID virus. And uh, so what we do is they, they're very conscientious about making certain because the DAT scan is, is a definite one of the first elements you have to have done, but then there's an AV133 test, uh, which is a separate item, uh, which they had asked if I'd be interested in participating in that study as well. So we sort of have to space it out so there's a week in between so you don't get too much radioactive material in your system. Um, but then it's twice a year that we go every six months. Uh, and most recently I was there uh, the one week and we did the DAT scan and we did, uh, as I've already mentioned, the lumbar test, but we also did a biopsy of the skin, uh, two cuts in that, plus some blood work, plus some cognitive testing, et cetera. So this is all, what I find rewarding about this is that I, I 
just feel, feel that there's information that's being gathered on me that perhaps is going to be pointing in the direction that they're looking for. But if not, uh, it's going to also be information that they'll be able to dismiss and know to go somewhere else. So that's, that's the best way I can describe my experience going up to the clinic. And, and uh, Lana, what, 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 right now, as you, you know, you're fully involved with this project, what excites you the most? No, I am excited by so many things in PPMI. I would say first and foremost, I'm excited by interacting with the participants. I mean, you know, people like Phil. I really think the spirit of uh, PPMI, and this is really in large part related to the Michael J. Fox Foundation's um, sponsorship and support of this study, is that it's a, it's a, we're a research team, us and the, you know, the researchers and the participants are part of the same team. We do research together. We don't do research on the participants, but with them. And that, that spirit is not present in many other research studies. And it translates all the way into the research results. Um, the other thing I'm really excited about, I mean, it's it, again, not the most glamorous thing, but the amount of data available, it is unprecedented. And the thing is that the Michael J. Fox Foundation and the research study have found a way to make data sharing widespread and yet and safe and to protect the information of the people and their privacy and yet have it reach millions of researchers all over the world. And finally, I think, you know, with PPMI online, being able to reach 100,000 people and hopefully soon we'll be able to gather not only um, information from questionnaires, but also from apps. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if the biomarker for Parkinson's is a little test you take on your phone or um, some other digital measure? So these are things that are coming up in the pipeline, which I'm very excited about as well. It's a very exciting time and it's, uh, it's a great project that anybody can get involved in at some level. So I thank you both for your time today and for, for giving us all this great information about PPMI study. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. If you've recently been diagnosed with Parkinson's, you can play a critical role in the Parkinson's Progression Markers Initiative, PPMI. People early in their disease course are valuable partners in research working towards cures. Medical centers across the world have partnered with the Michael J. Fox Foundation for PPMI. Now, these sites are recruiting people right now diagnosed with Parkinson's in the past two years who have not started taking Parkinson's medication. Go to michaeljfox.org slash ppmi-sites. We'll have that link in the show notes. Or call 877-525-PPMI. 877-525-PPMI. And you can learn more and get started today. Every U.S. adult over the age of 18 can join and contribute valuable data. We're grateful for your consideration of PPMI and would value your participation. You can make a difference in millions of lives, whether you have Parkinson's or not. Go to michaeljfox.org slash PPMI, we'll link that in the show notes, to get started today. On behalf of my guests and all the hardworking people at the Michael J. Fox Foundation who are here until Parkinson's isn't, I'm Larry Gifford. I'll talk to you next time. Did you enjoy this podcast? Share it with a friend or leave a review on iTunes. It helps listeners like you find and support our mission. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation at michaeljfox.org. Thanks for listening. This is Michael J. Fox. Thanks for listening to this podcast. 
Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation's work and how you can help speed a cure at michaeljfox.org. <laughs>